0: the truth Welcome back to another episode of the Common Room podcast. Uh I am the co-host TJ and I have with me our host CJ. And um, if you have not tuned in to last week's episode, uh, that will be part one of this part two series uh, interviewing John Stroop with Freeway Ministries. So we have John Stroop with us today. How are you doing, John? What's up? Glad to have you here. Um, So, yeah, we are excited to have a part two here for uh, this uh, podcast interview. And um, last week we talked about John's story and where he came from and how God has redeemed his life and um, given him a desire to start a ministry to help people um, coming out of prison and out of addictions and so today we're gonna uh, we want to focus and talk more about the ministry itself and what you're doing here um, so uh, yeah tell us a little bit about freeway and how it's how it began
1: yeah so uh, I will say I can't take credit for starting freeway okay I'm co- enough. I'm a co-founder and so uh, it was me and two other families um, that where we all began but I always try to do that, so I'm not yeah, like trying fair. to shine on, look at me go or something. But um, anyway, uh, the 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 way freeway began for me, my freeway story, is uh, you know I was plugged into a recovery ministry. Um, I had a burden for to reach my people group before um, I knew what ministry was. Right, I didn't know it was ministry. Right, I'm a first generation Christian, got saved reading the Bible in prison. Uh, I didn't know what a missionary was, didn't know what, I, I'm Baptist and I didn't even know it, right? <laughs> I used to make fun of Baptist people and uh, I, I realized I was Baptist, you know, I'm thinking, <laughs> wow, you know, I'm just ignorant and, uh, but anyways, got plugged into a local church, it was a Pentecostal church, the missionary who wrote me in prison, brought me to Springfield, Dewey Houston, a hero of mine, uh, he, he was an AG missionary, um, he introduced me to a church and I, I began to go to that church and. I just wanted to be belong. I wanted to get plugged in, and, and I was that guy that went up to every man that I thought was a godly man and shared my heart with him, made myself vulnerable. Uh, used me. Here I am. What can I do? Teach me how to be a man. And and they had a recovery meeting called God Addiction in the Bible, GAB, yeah. and uh, my first ministry was uh, carrying the chairs around this sanctuary, and then it was uh, carrying the microphone for the preacher and. And then I'd wait for him by the door, and he'd get there, and I'd carry stuff in, you know, and I did the ministry the best I could, mm. and uh, I had an opportunity to preach at a soup kitchen, and I got booed off the stage. Uh, for preaching? You, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they had tomatoes, they'd have thrown them at me. And uh, my 35-minute sermon was two or three minutes, and and uh, and then I went back to the same place, you know, and, and God blessed them the next time, and it was just, it was, a, it was a moment in my life where I almost quit, but... Anyway, um, so I began to preach at this recovery ministry, and I learned a lot from the guy who who overseen that ministry. But ministry is like a baby. And so uh, I can tell you, I can babysit your baby, TJ, but I can't tell you how to raise it. Mm. And so I was babysitting this ministry, and I knew in my heart that I needed to birth a ministry. Does that make sense? Yeah. And uh, so anyway, uh, through the process of time, Um, I'm in a homeless shelter, uh, taking a city bus, having the church van pick me up. Um, you know, and then I meet these guys, uh, they had a coffee shop Bible study. Um, by this time I I found out I was a father. I ended up getting custody of my son. He was two and a half years old from a homeless shelter. Um, here I am a single dad of a two and a half year old little boy, um, in a city I never really lived in, didn't know much about Springfield, didn't like reside here, um, you know, got my license, got my car, got, got a place to live. I was a cook at the who hot Mongolian grill. You know, mm. I'm, I'm cooking and preaching and, and in ministry and I bought a van and, uh, you know, started a ministry, picking homeless people up in this van, me and my two and a half year old little son, three probably three. Then, you know, uh, we're, we're doing, we got our own van ministry now. And God just orchestrating this thing together. And, and I got invited to a coffee shop to go to a Bible study. And, uh, there was a guy named Michael A., and, and he he's a UPS truck driver. And he um, he started this Bible study for men. And so I, I started going to that. And I would pick up people in my van and take them. And, and uh, there was a guy named Rick Lechner there, and he went to Broadway Baptist Church. And um, God began to convict me. I would listen to sermons and be in the worship service, and certain things would be happening in the service that I disagreed with. And, uh, and I was bringing lots of people there. And it just... It was, it was so heavy on me, I asked the pastor to meet with me. And I said, hey, listen, um, I can't do this anymore. And this is why I disagree on these reasons. And I thank you for shepherding me, thank you for letting me be here, but blah, blah, blah. But anyway, uh, and I, I met with Rick and I met with Mike A. And my, Rick Lechner's church was Broadway Baptist Church. And Broadway Baptist Church and had been talking to Rick and they had been wanting to do some kind of a recovery ministry when the new building, which is Crossway Baptist Church now, was built and they hadn't even put nothing on the land. They just bought the land and they had plans. But but anyway, uh, Rick and Mike used to come with me to this recovery ministry that I was preaching at and part of, and we modeled a lot after it, but not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, so so uh, I met with the pastor of Broadway Baptist Church, which is Brother Eddie Bumpers, and I said, Hey, listen, we, we you know Rick introduced me, and he said we get, we told him we had a vision. For ministry and the people that we're after are gonna smell bad. They're gonna be drunk. They're not. They're gonna wear hats in your church. You know, this is 2010 or 2011. You know, it's a, a very conservative Southern Baptist church. Um, they're, you know, they're gonna break in and steal your your stuff. I mean, just made it seem like it was impossible. And I said it's gonna shake your church up. And he said my people need to be shook up. Mm. And he said there's a building in the back. It was a house. He said there's a there's a big room in that house that holds about 40 some people. Can start meeting there. Here's three vans. And if you outgrow that house, we'll find another place. The first meeting, we outgrew the house. <laughs> wow. And that's how Freeway started. That is awesome. That's so awesome cool. Um,
2: so, um, for our listeners who don't know anything about Freeway, um, how does Freeway work? What do they do?
1: So, Freeway was a ministry of a local church, and now we are a 501c3 nonprofit uh, that assists the local church to reach the hard to reach with the gospel. One broken life at a time. That's our mission statement. Uh, so we do two things uh, well, evangelism and discipleship. And so um, what can we help a church do? So first of all, a church has to have a burden for this people group. There's not a city and a county in America that doesn't have a drug problem. Yep. Right? So if you're a Christian today, what 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 what's your answer for that? Yep. And I, always, I go to church, and I'll go to a church, and they'll let me present freeway, and I'll say... How many in here know someone who's struggling with drugs or alcohol or addiction? Raise your hand. Every hand goes up. Yep. And then I say, what are you doing about it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so what do we do? One thing we do is we plant an outreach alongside that local church. I, I like to refer it to Awanas because Awanas is designed to, to reach a certain people group, our kids, and hopefully their families. Uh, and, and the church adapts to the structure of the, 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 the Awanas program. And then, and then they 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 the umbrella of the church covers it, and they follow the structure. That's what we do. So I, I will help a church plant this ministry, where we have food, we have a uh, transportation, we have childcare, and then we we just have a church service. We preach the gospel, and then at the end of the night we do an invitation, and then at, we say, if you don't have a home church, we'd like to invite you to, and then that invitation is to that local partner church. And then that van, will go pick them up and take them to church on Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. So our events are usually on Saturday nights. Okay. And then we have homes for people to live in called discipleship houses. We're we're an alternative to prison for seven counties in the state of Missouri. And uh, so we have around 50 men and women in in southern Missouri, Ashgrove, Marshfield, Springfield, Missouri, that that are in our homes today, our year-long program. Uh And they go to local churches that are partnered with us. Okay.
0: So you you mentioned uh, you do well evangelism and discipleship. Uh, Let us know how the discipleship process works. What does someone go through when they're getting discipled through Freeway?
1: So uh, there's a principles for discipleship found in 2 Timothy. Uh, He told Timothy, he said, first of all, you got to find a faithful man. So what do we do? We look for faithful people. So our vetting process is strong. We, we don't have time to waste with people who aren't serious. If Jesus said, follow me, and you didn't follow him, he didn't come back and beg you and give you candy and say, come on now, just one more, just please, just get on my back, I'll carry you. No, Jesus said, follow me, and if you didn't follow him, you got left behind. And so we, we invest something that you can't trade for drugs and alcohol, and that's instructions. And so we find people who are serious, and we invest in them. And so everybody gets a, gets a Paul, right? And so... The, the, the process for discipleship is simple. I find two people who don't have anything in common but Jesus. So the biggest hindrance to recovery ministry is the separation from the local church. So you see a lot of all these recovery ministries, there's no such thing as a recovery church in the Bible. There's no such thing as a black church in the Bible. There's no such thing as a white church in the Bible, cowboy church, biker church. So I like the church of Acts 16, a bunch of misfits that don't have anything in common but Jesus a jailer and a guy who got beat by the jailer and Lydia and, you know, these people that come together and create this church. And so we, we have men, disciple men and women, disciple women, but it's, it's a, it's a father, son relationship, a mother, daughter relationship. And so we go from the word of God to the judgment seat of Christ. And they meet once a week on a non church night and they build a relationship and we have material we use and uh, they go through it together. Um, And then we have what's called the season classes for our discipleship houses on Thursday nights, and we say, we, we, say, we say this, give me one year of your life to change the rest of it. And uh, so mm-hmm. everybody comes together on Thursday night. We have a dinner. These are men and women in our houses. Um, and the first season of, of your discipleship program here is um, stewardship. So we're teaching people who come from very dysfunctional backgrounds how to manage their time and their money. We teach them how to be healthy church members. We teach expositional listening. I mean, mm. these guys are learning things that, you know, and by the time they graduate the first season, which is 13 weeks, they, they have a working budget. Some of them are 30 and 40 and 50 years old, and they've never had a budget in their whole life. And then the second season is the next 13 weeks is overcoming the past. So that's, we me and Casey, my coworker, came, we built this second season And uh, we came up with 12 things that will hold you back. Guilt, uh, um, shame, resentments, immaturity, insecurity, unhealthy relationships, unhealthy loyalties. We We teach the six prominent worldviews, including Christianity, and how those affect your life. And they go home with homework, and they have to bring that homework back. And then the third season, which is the third 13 weeks of the program, is relationship classes. Husband, wife. Mother, fa- mother, father, how to date biblically. Huh. And then once they go home, once they graduate that third season, they're on the fourth season. Now they're about to graduate, they got 13 weeks left and we teach exit strategy. And so when you come here on a Thursday night, which uh, you, you can come visit anytime you want, but and just see it at work, depending on when you come, that, so we have four classes going on at the same exact time. And so when our people leave, like I, like I said in the first episode, Drug addiction isn't the problem. Drug addiction's what you see. Yep. The number one cause for relapse, TJ, is relationships. Number one. Because it's like two 10-year-olds getting married. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> you know? <laughs> people that come from my background are very immature because they start using drugs at a very young age, and that's when they stop Makes maturing. Yeah. So they do what immature people do when they get into a situation that's high-pressured, high-pressured situation. They fight or they flight. Mm. And the, what they go to is their addiction. So we teach them that stuff.
2: So now you talked about um, the discipleship. How many people are able to uh, go through this discipleship program or in the discipleship house or something
1: like that? We we can hold we can probably hold, I think our number would be sixty five uh at one time. We have a woman's house too. Women are more difficult than men in recovery. So uh but but we uh Freeway South which is one of our graduates, Josh Zuniga he he launched that um, with another church out there, and they just bought their first discipleship house. So we have another home now in southern yeah, Missouri. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, it's it's incredible. The place in Marshfield holds 16 men. 16. Most houses hold eight to nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the women, we only hold six mm-hmm. because they're more difficult. Yeah. So in addiction, and it's no pun against women, but the reason, and this could be in a whole other episode, but the reason women are more difficult in addiction is, I'll ask a man this question, have you ever carried a baby for nine months, and then had to lose it, Ooh. and have it taken away? Have you ever been prostituted? Have you ever had uh, P- PMS, and have you ever dealt with the the things that an emotional the emotional side of things from a woman that has to go through addiction and the things that come along with it? So, so there 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 it just depends. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, is the material that you use for the stop process is that available for? Like, can people find that, or is that exclusively through coming through Uh, your your program?
1: The season classes, we would not let anybody, because I haven't copyrighted it yet. Fair enough. But the other stuff um, is just, you know, you can, here's what I tell people. Yes, you can have as much of it as you want. um, But it's not really the material. It's the relationship building. Mm. The material is a platform to build a relationship. The material is a platform to teach the word of God salvation, prayer, worship, the Lord's Supper. What's the Lord's Supper? I mean, they don't know, what's baptism, right? I mean, these men and women, they don't know what that is. And so, uh, you, you know, the return of Christ, I mean, these, the, the, the judgment seat, these things that the Bible talks about and, and basically what you're doing is you're building a relationship that should last a lifetime yeah. with the person because here's what I want you to think about, okay? And I'm gonna give you a scenario, a true scenario. A girl walks in here that's been prostituted her whole life. Her mother is the one that gave her her first shot of meth, okay? Not, 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 not her dad is too busy using drugs to come to her wedding. She's in her middle 20s. We get her out of jail, and she has two broken ankles because she jumped out of a third-story window running from the police, okay? She gets out of jail dressed in hooker clothes because she was a prostitute. The first thing we do is we take her in there, and we find her some clothes that doesn't reveal all of her body parts, Now this person is our responsibility, okay? She's in her 20s. She's she's never had a car. She's never learned how to drive. She's never had a job. She's never had a place to live on her own. She's been pimped her whole life, all right? This is true, I'm telling you a true story. So we get her. We have to teach her everything, right? So she gets saved. She graduates the program. She has a child. First of all, who's gonna be her mom and dad now? Her mom's the one that shot her up with dope. Introduced her to meth. She has no idea what her father's like. So we become mom and dad. When she has kids, who's gonna be her kids' grandparents now? That's what we deal with every single week. That's tough. And so the church should be ready to be the mothers and the fathers and the grandmas and the grandpas see one thing I didn't realize God could do for me is give me a family I prayed for a wife and I prayed for a family but I had no idea that he had mamas for me to Mm. take my mom's place never take her place but to give me healthy mothers and fathers never had a father grandmas and grandpas The, the church you know so that's discipleship
2: speaking of discipleship if you could give a number of how many people have graduated, what would you say?
1: Well, this year we had 17 graduate 2020 had 17 graduate. Uh, 50% of the people that come through the program. And I'm talking about from our homes, not discipleship. So, so this, it gets kind of messy, but discipleship housing, we call our homes, discipleship houses because discipleship is our recovery. But, and then we, we also disciple the crowd, which is something I'm really going to try to emphasize this year. And I have a plan for that. But, um, you know we, we we graduate here in southern Missouri an average about ten to twelve people a year. Uh, sometimes less. I would say I would say let's say healthy, just give a conservative number that would be lower than let's just say nine a year. Um, nine nine a year. But last year, two thousand twenty we graduated seventeen. And this year we're hoping to raise that number. So fifty percent of people that walk through the doors of our ministry our housing graduate, stick it out. We're hard. Yeah, it's not easy. Um, Ninety to ninety-five percent of the graduates don't go back to drugs or crime.
2: That's amazing. So praise God.
1: Um, so, as far as like
2: um, just Freeway, um, what does the future look like? And then um, I'll ask another question about how someone could get involved. But what's the future look like for Freeway?
1: So, um, a couple things. We're going to, here in Springfield, we're going to open up a second-stage home for the graduates to give them a year of rental history. Nice. Uh, we have one wow. in Marshfield. Uh, so it's basically one-year contract to where you're going to live, you're going to pay your rent. You know, uh, you're going to have some accountability. You know, we randomly drug test our people twice a month in our homes. We ha- I have them drug test each other to break a criminal mentality. Yeah. One of the things that hold people back is a criminal mentality. We, we teach that in Season 2. But, um, But anyways, when they graduate the program, they still have to submit to a drug test when we want them to. They can have a relationship, court to marry, but they have to get three people to sign off on their relationship. Their pastor, their discipleship, uh, their discipler, and then one of the directors for Freeway. And that way we can help them have a healthy relationship. Who is she? How did you meet her? You know, what what does this relationship consist of? You know, that kind of thing. So we're going to open up a second stage home. Uh, because it's hard for our men and women to get a place to rent that's not in the slums because uh, they don't have the rental history. Yeah. Our program's not rental history. So that's coming. Uh, we're launching a freeway in South Dakota, Rapid City, with the goal of reaching Lakota Native American people on the reservation, Pine Res- Reservation. Um, we're sending off uh, two missionaries, two graduates from our program. Mike Estelle, you may know him. Yep. He went to BBC and Kim Estelle. We're sending them. We're actually taking a love offer them Saturday and Uh, We're going to have a send-off for them. And then one of the real cool things to me uh, that we're doing now is the Timothy Project to where we take uh, four men and we teach them everything we know and we raise them up so they can learn how to do freeway and go start freeways in other places. And we have our first set of Timothy Project graduates a week from this Saturday.
2: That's amazing. That's amazing. So... Um, so if a listener um, is like, I want to get involved. I want to help. Where can they find you? How can they find you? Um,
1: yeah. So um, our Facebook page is Freeway F R E E W A Y Dash uh, Ministries Plural uh, Dot Com. Uh, you can you can message us through the website. You can look at it, or you can really our one of our main avenues is our Facebook page, Freeway Ministries Facebook. Uh, we uh, we we are self-funded. Here's my here's my pitch. Uh, we save the taxpayer forty-four uh, dollars and fifty cents a day for each person that stays out of jail one day. We're, our average, we're saving the taxpayer two thousand one hundred dollars a day in Southern Missouri. Um, so, with our people not going, um, not go, not being in jail, housing housing inmates is expensive. And then we also, one of the things that we do, this is kind of my my spew, but um, an average criminal commits a hundred crimes. And so I tell people the devil is also a fisherman. And he also makes disciples. And so our people are not only not only not committing crimes, not going to jail, but they're also working. We're 100% employed. All of our people have a job. They're paying taxes. And when they graduate, 90 to 95% don't go back. So with all that being said, uh, we are a nonprofit ministry. Um, we're 501c3. So if you want to support us financially um, from $2 to $200 to whatever God puts on your heart, uh, we we uh, we are supported by individuals, businesses, and churches.
2: What's your biggest need right now, John?
1: We got a lot of needs. Um, we owe three hundred and no 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 hold on. We have two different two different loans on our building. Mm-hmm. We're in a big condemned bowling alley that we remodeled, and we have a, we have we have over eight hundred thousand dollars in debt to pay off, and so. Um, I would like to see the building paid off so we could raise up more missionaries Absolutely. and send them out so that's a heart heart heartbeat of mine is to get this building paid off for sure yeah
0: well, john i i mean personally um, I'm super encouraged by hearing everything you've been saying um I hope that our listeners are encouraged um, um, I pray that people uh that God will put on their hearts to um, to help out this ministry um yeah, I'm just so thankful to have you on the podcast. And um, for our listeners, if you have not already, um, go f- find Freeway Ministries on Facebook. Um, follow them, like them, um, stay in touch with what they're doing so that if there's any opportunities to help out, that you can help out. Um, and then while you're on Facebook, <laughs> go like Common Room Podcast um, and also subscribe to us on um apple your podcast, apple podcast spotify, spotify google play i'm still learning all the places everything,
2: everything. <laughs> yeah. so john we appreciate you
1: yeah john, and we I will, thank you i will, thank you thank you and i will say if you want to come serve come serve yep. we we have lots of stuff for people to do on saturday nights so uh there's 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 six free ways uh, in in the united states to go serve there's one in south africa and so uh you know we always need boots on the ground Absolutely. Well,
2: thank you guys. Um, This has been another episode of the Common Room
1: Podcast.